Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Good Grief. My name is Dr. Christine Malone, and in this podcast, we talk about trauma, tragedy, and survival. In each episode, I will interview someone that has gone through grief in some way, and we will discuss the impact it has had on their life. By sharing these stories, we hope that others won't feel alone should they be going through similar situations. Enjoy. Hi, welcome to my podcast. Uh, my guest today is Mallory McCollum. She is my daughter. Uh, the title of today's episode is Mourning the Loss of Memories. So Mallory, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself so the guests know about you. Yeah, so as she said, my name's Mallory, and I have two uh, beautiful little boys and a husband at home, as well as two um, giant dogs, and um, I'm here to talk a little bit about my dad. Okay, yeah. so I know the story, but if you want to give me just a little background for the guests as far as what happened with your dad, and then we can just talk about how that has impacted your life. Sure, yeah. So my dad passed away when I was two. Um, he actually took his own life. And uh, even though he died when I was very young, I think it still impacted me a lot, um, mostly in the way that I um, have such a lack of memories of him. So I don't really, I can't remember his face unless I look at a picture. Uh, and I don't, I don't have any like tangible memories of him. Everything is just what I've been told about him. Um, and so that's been, that's been really tough for me. So, yeah. One of the things I know about people who lose a parent, especially at such a young age, um, is what I call pockets of grief. So the times in your life when having a parent there would be very special to you, um, even though it may be very, you know, several years later. So high school graduation, even Father's Day, um, certainly when you got married. So, um, if you have a couple stories you want to share about those types of things that have come up with you over your life, where it's really stood out for you that you don't have him here, you haven't had him here. Yeah. So um, for everything, really, you know, birthdays, Father's Days, um, but the main ones that stick out are probably when I graduated high school. He wasn't there for that. Um, and then when I got married, that was really hard too. Uh, he was there in spirit though, because we did set out a chair for him with his name on it with some um, with some flowers. So that was really nice. We saved a spot for him, but it's still, uh, it's still really hard, uh, especially when I hear um, other people talk about losing uh, their dads or their moms, you know, they have all these memories and they're like, you know, I go and do this in honor of them because this is what we, you know, we always used to go out to dinner together on Sunday nights. So I like to go to the same place and I don't have any of that. So it's almost like Sometimes I feel like I'm not allowed to be upset about the fact that I don't have memories, but that's probably what's hardest for me is that there, there aren't any, um, aren't any there. So my question would be, do you feel like people don't think that you should grieve because you didn't, you don't remember the person, you didn't know him. So how can you grieve someone you didn't even know? Yeah. I don't know if people necessarily have told me that, or if it's just me telling myself that. Um, but <clears throat> I guess, yeah. So it does feel like I should probably grieve less, or at least I tell myself that because um, he should be easier to forget, but he's, he's not. So sometimes I get, I just get like angry at him or, or uh, the people that do have the memories. I feel jealous of them that they, um, that they can remember things about their dad. And I don't, like I said, I don't even remember. I can't, I can't picture his face unless I've seen a photo of him. So videos yeah, yeah i would imagine um now i 
just let's keep a short story that you know already, but for our guests, um, after your dad's suicide, his family blamed me for his death and shunned us. And because of that, um, they didn't have contact with you and your brother as you grew up, mm -hmm. um, which in many ways is kind of sad because that's a part of the family that that is who you are. And the other ways, as, as a mom, it was my job to protect you and your brother. So um, how have you kind of interacted with that or thought about that in your life with regard to not knowing a whole half of your family that you just don't know? You know, it, it <clears throat> excuse me, it seemed, uh, it almost seemed normal not to have a lot of family because even on your side, we didn't have a lot of family. So it, um, I guess it didn't bother me until, um, until his family actually reached out to me. And that's when it bothered me that it was like, oh, there's all this, um, this stuff that I haven't dealt with. I never really knew that I needed to deal with until it came up. And then when it did come up, it was like, whoa, what do I even do with this? You know? So what do you think prompted them to reach out to you? And how old were you when that happened? So it was right before I got married, um, which was I was already struggling with the fact that he wasn't there um, because it was one of the biggest uh, moments in my life up until that point, you know, I was only what, 23 or 24, um, I was 24. So, uh, it was already a hard part in my life and I was already, um, struggling with him not being there for that, that in my life and not being able to walk me down the aisle, you know, all the things that the dad's supposed to be there for, yeah. um, which I ended up having my older brother walk me down the aisle, which was really sweet. So, um, it all worked out, but, um, it was right before I got married and my long lost cousin who I didn't even know existed, honestly, um, had reached out to me through, uh, Facebook and, um, uh, she'd, um, reached out to my older brother as well, but I guess he wasn't having anything to do with it. And, um, when she reached out to me, you know, she kind of told me who she was and, um, seemed like she wanted to just get to know me, like have a relationship with me. And that brought up a lot of like, well, what the heck's going on? Um, and it was like, I guess it was kind of scary for me and I wasn't ready to process it. So I asked her, you know, I just need a little bit of time. Let's step back. Um, and then uh, as I started to talk to her a little bit more, she um, had mentioned a couple of times that uh, her mom, my dad's twin, um, was sick and that her grandma my grandma was also sick and so that kind of scared me because i had told her that i didn't want anything to do with anybody basically other than her that i was open to possibly having some kind of relationship with her but that i didn't know what that looked like um and the more i talked with her the more it sounded like she was trying to trick me into seeing these people before they passed from whatever you know um, sickness they had and um, and so I ended up having to cut off that relationship with her. Um, shortly after I got married, she shared photos of my um, marriage with those people, uh, and that felt like a like a breach of trust. It was like I felt violated almost. Like these people who I want nothing to do with, um, because of the horrible things that they've done to to you and to Corey and me. Um, that she was showing them pictures of me on this day that I was already struggling with. Um, it was like, I just can't, I can't trust her anymore. And I didn't know her at all to begin with. Right. 
um, I just found out that she existed a couple months prior. So uh, I ended up having to cut off that relationship. And that's been hard too, because, um, you know, recently we just found out that grandma passed away or that my grandma passed away. Um, and there aren't a lot of feelings there because I don't know her, but I feel like it's the same with, with my dad is that I don't, I didn't know him. So am I allowed to grieve his loss? That's a good point. Um, I'm, I'm curious if you have anything you'd want to share about, um, your feelings or thoughts about not having a relationship with that side of the family. Um, that is something to grieve, obviously. Um, and in a, a, a functional world, I was going to say normal, but normalist objective, um, cousins would get together and you'd know your grandparents and, and so on. And as you mentioned, my family is very small, so you didn't have grandparents around and so on. Um, and the fact that they didn't reach out to you until that cousin did when you were in your mid twenties. Yeah. So how does that make you feel? I guess is what I want to know. You know, I don't know if I've let myself go there. Um, but if I had to think about it, it, obviously it makes me feel bad that they, I guess I, I always just hoped that they did want something to do with me, but that they, um, because you know, when someone dies, your, your true self comes out and their true self came out. And, um, obviously I was very young, so I don't, um, remember any of it, but, um, from what I've been told, there was some pretty bad stuff that happened. And I guess I always just kind of assumed that I, that I didn't, that I had broken that relationship, that I didn't want anything to do with them, that they weren't coming around because it was my choice. And so it felt less, um, less bad, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I do still mourn it, but, but then at the same time, you know, you have such a small family and, um, you have, you know, you, I've got the one aunt on your side and the one cousin and they're dysfunctional in themselves. So I, I feel like maybe all I've known is dysfunction. So <laughs> it, um, it wasn't that, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it actually wasn't your choice to not yeah. deal with them. It was mine. It was my choice and, and my protecting my children. And, and I mean, you know, the stories of, of some of the horrible things they did to me and by doing that to my children um, and so on. So um, I was the one that made that choice to not have you, you two, you and your brother, um, uh, interact with them. Mm -hmm. Um, hit your dad's twin did reach out to me a few times shortly after your dad died and mm -hmm. wanted to have a relationship with you and your brother. And I made the choice that it would be better off for you if you didn't because of the way, and not just because I was angry, but because if people can do that to their family, right, then they're capable of anything. And I needed to, to protect my kids. So um, I, I apologize for that if, if that has bothered you over the years. Um, but I did what I thought was best for you guys. I, I, do you have anything you'd like to share as we close on, you know, tips or things that for other people who've maybe lost a parent at a young age that um, you would like to say to them or something that's helped you in over the years? You know, it's hard for for me to get, to give a tip because I feel like my situation's so different in that um you know he left when I was very young and <clears throat> I don't remember a lot but I would say that um and in some ways it almost feels like that's easier like is it easier that I don't remember him so I don't like certain things don't make me remember him right like I have to physically be like oh 
and think of him to remember him. But um, I would probably say, you know, uh, don't don't forget about them. So don't pretend like they never existed. You know, talk about them, um, especially with people that did remember them, like you and whoever else. Uh, and um, you know, seek seek help or someone to talk to if you need that. Uh, that really helped me talking to somebody who would just listen to me and um, you know hear what I had to say was um, was very healing. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had a conversation with your brother? Because the two of you were in the same position. He was four and you were two when your dad died. Um, do you think it would be helpful or have you ever tried it or would you want to? I, yeah, I would like to, I mean, he was only four, so he probably doesn't remember. I mean, I'm sure he remembers more than I did. Um, but he was four when, when, uh, he passed away. Um, you know, our relationship isn't amazing. We don't talk every day. Um, I think that he has his own, uh, things that he's probably going through that I don't know if he's ready to, um, to think about it either, because that's the thing is that um, he might be more affected than me because he does have some of those memories. You know, he was a little bit older. Um, but then I think of my children and I think because, you know, I've got a one and a half and a three and a half year old, how they would almost the same ages that my brother and I were, you know, how would they respond if they lost their dad? And um, and that breaks my heart because I just can't even imagine what I would do with um, with that. I mean, how did you how did you get through that time? I, it was a very dark time, as I had, you know. Um, for me, it was easier with you because you were so little that you didn't know and you didn't, it was easy for you to forget things because you were only two. With, uh, with your brother, with Corey, it was a lot more difficult. He had a lot of issues as a child. Um, he, I mean, if you read my book, a lot of things that he did um, after his dad died were, were really pretty scary. Um, we moved and started to build a whole new life. And for me, it was about starting over again. So taking this horrible event um, and starting over again. However, as most people who've experienced a suicide uh, of someone that's around them can tell you there's, there's anger involved. And I don't know if you ever feel angry at your dad, but I did for years feel angry with him and had to let that go. How could he do this to me? How could he do this to my children? Um, and at other times in my life, when I experienced further traumas and tragedies where I was very depressed, I actually felt anger with him that I didn't have the option to take my own life because he'd done that and I couldn't do that to my children. So that was that was a very different time for me. Um, I learned a lot about grieving. I learned that you can't really just move away. Like I said, I'm moving to a brand new home and I got rid of all of his stuff, um, which probably wasn't the best thing to do. Looking back, I don't have a lot of things Actually, I had very few things that were his that I could pass on to you. And Corey, I've, I passed on uh, my wedding band to you and uh, your dad's wedding band and, and the watch I gave him for when we got married to, to your brother. So I have those things, but I don't really have much else. I've got photos and videos that I um, have tried to share. I mean, for many years after your dad died, you each had a picture of you with your dad in your rooms. Um, and I thought that would be somehow keeping him in, in your space for those early years when I just didn't know what else I could possibly do. So, yeah. but that's kind of how I, how I got through that, that spot. And it was uh, a very much a, a life lesson for me, especially when you have children and the guilt um, after someone takes their own life is it's insurmountable. I mean, it's, it's horrific. And I felt very guilty that my kids didn't have their dad anymore. And the fact that his family was blaming me really sort of played into that guilt too, to feel like, well, if this whole family thinks it was my fault, then 
maybe it is my fault and maybe I am at fault and I've done this horrible thing. So yeah, that was, that was tough. It was Sounds tough. like a really dark time. It's a dark time. And yeah. as we'll talk about in different episodes in this podcast, um, death by suicide or grief from a suicide is very different from grief from other types of losses. And it's because it has that stigma and the blame mm -hmm. um, and the shame and the guilt involved. And uh, people left behind are thinking, well, why didn't he want to here yeah yeah here? i think that a lot that was probably one of the hardest things when i was going through um getting married because that would like i said that was a very big point in my life and i was uh, i was there were points where i was very angry that he wasn't there and there's also been times um even growing up as a small child where i would be like um you know he doesn't want to be here i was like i wasn't good enough was i not good enough was Corey not good enough um did he not want to be there but then as i learned more about suicide i realized that um whatever he was going through, he, he probably thought that he was um, doing better by leaving yeah. than by staying, that he was, I don't want to say doing us a favor, but that he was helping us in some way by not being here. And that, um, that's scary because um, for someone so close to me, related to me to have such, um, you know, mental illness uh, scares me thinking that, you know, that I could get there. Like when I had my youngest, um, I had horrible postpartum depression, which, you know, a lot about postpartum depression. Um, and there were times when, uh, I thought I was this horrible mom and that, you know, my family would be better off without me, but in having a dad that did commit suicide, sometimes I don't want to say it helped me, but it, it kind of made me realize like, well, this is the aftermath of what mm. suicide is. And I could never do that to my family. I could never, I could never do that to anybody that, that I love. Um, so it's hard for me to think what mindset he must've been in to, um, to think that, uh, that his children didn't need him. You know, my experience with, um, suicide, people who commit suicide uh, is that they do, they get to that very space where they're that tunnel vision, they don't see any other way out and they don't think about the ramifications of those left behind. And in your dad's case, he didn't have an experience like you did where he had someone that he really cared about that, that made that choice. So I don't know what that would be, you know, would have been a deterrent for him or not. Um, I know one thing that, that um, throughout yours and your brother's childhood that I remember was talking to my own therapist about was when I'd have to punish you or, you know, discipline you for something. Um, I would say, well, it makes me angry because I think the kids think that their dad was this perfect person because they don't remember any times of discipline or, or anger. And yet I have to be the disciplinarian. And I remember her telling me something that was very helpful, which is um, they're going to remember when they're older, they're going to remember that you're the one who's there. And that's going to be, but I mean, mm -hmm. as a parent, especially to be, you know, we all have our, our, our flaws and, to recognize that as you got older. So, and I have seen that in you and your brother as you've gotten older, that you recognize that, you know, one, one single parenting is not easy. And certainly when there's that, that stigma and trauma involved. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Anything else you want to add before we close? Um, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being my guest today. This of course. has been interesting. I've had my choked up a couple of times myself oh. <laughs> in this conversation. So I, I really appreciate you sharing. Yeah. Uh, sharing your thoughts. Of course. So okay. All right. Thank you for listening to this episode of Good Grief. To hear more about my personal story, please pick up a copy of the book, The Spider Killer, a memoir of trauma, tragedy, and survival. You can find the book on Amazon and Kindle.